You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! Welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smoking Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. Here we are back again uh, with... Talk about something we've been looking forward to for quite a while. But what are we going to smoke along with this uh, movie we're talking about? Well, in in keeping with great themes, uh, we have by... A brand I don't think I've smoked anything by before. Ace Prime Cigars. Um, Well, it's a... uh... A kind of a collaboration with uh, Crown Heads, and we've had the, a few of the Crown Head cigars over the over the years. Uh, was it the uh, was it Los Calaveras? Is there like <laughs> annual kind of memorial cigar? But yeah, I hadn't smoked a lot of. I'd never heard of this, you know, Prime. But uh, yeah, I guess I've, the I've heard of Crown Heads. You know, um, teamed up with uh, Crown Heads, you know, for this release in honor of. You know, uh, U.S. Marine Sergeant Brian Acevedo. Um, I guess. Uh, yeah, this was an exclusive release to retailers who attended the PCA convention and trade show last year, and had to order these there. So, you might be able to find them at your local retailer if they are. Uh, yeah, always check. You know, that's one of the things I love about just sort of venturing out to different, you know, brick and mortars is. You know, you find some of these limited releases, you know, because not every shop is a TAA, you know, affiliate. So, yeah, if you're um, like a general cigar smoker, and I mean that the company, not just cigar smoker in general, usually you can find something you recognize in just about every store you go to. But yeah, it's those little kind of regional niche cigars that uh, you kind of find sometimes that are like, oh, these pretty fucking good. I hadn't seen this before. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, I Right off the bat, I'm really digging this. I mean, this contains some of my uh, my favorite ingredients. So this is going to have a Ecuadorian Habano wrapper with some USA Connecticut uh, binder, some filler in Nicaragua. Um, Esteli Halajero, Jalapa, and Pueblo Nuevo Visos. Yeah. Which I do like me some Lajero. Absolutely. And it, it definitely comes through on the cigar. Like, I, you know. And the band is like, you know, to stick with that kind of military theme. It's got, you know, the sergeant stripes on the band. Uh, and they say, you know, the cigar pays tribute to the heroes who fight in anonymity and sacrifice out of deep-rooted honor, regardless of recognition or acclaim. It's supposed to be a medium to full-bodied cigar marked by deep flavors and balanced acidity. Yeah, little... I, I, I don't know. I mean, that... The spice on this thing, I am really digging. This is a very spice-forward cigar. Like, that Lajero is just like, hey, here I am. And, you know, there's some earthiness that cuts through. Um, Trying to see, you know, what all else I I recognize here. But it's, as of right now, that that spice is the dominating. um, Yeah, and this is one that it kind of set in the... These came out July of last year. And I've seen it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool band, but I didn't really know anything about it. So it's kind of been sitting in the humidor looking at me for the last like year. And I find out, well, we're doing a military themed uh, episode. Let's uh, let's try the sergeant. And I'm I'm kind of glad we did because otherwise I probably wouldn't have 
you know, picked it up to uh, to give it a shot. Definitely, and, and that's one of the things that I love about us. You know, the way we do the podcast is it forces you. You know, I can't just go to my usual cigars. Like yeah. you know, people don't want to hear us talk about the same cigar over and over. I mean, yeah, and 189 episodes in, and I think there's maybe two that we didn't smoke cigars on for whatever reason. It's like, yeah, it's like there's a certain <laughs> more like, all right, what's new? Because we've smoked everything else here. <laughs> but there's always, you know, such, you know, you know, several cigars coming out all the time. So there's always usually something new to try. But yes, um, dude, right now this cigar is freaking awesome. Probably one of my favorite crowned head cigars. Yeah, I'm definitely liking the, the spice on this. And, uh, like I said, kind of a military theme this week, because we're going to be talking about the TV adaptation of Jack Carr's first book, The Terminal List, which we're all huge fans of the book series. I think there's like five of them at this point. And the series, you know, is like the first time anything has been converted into uh, a, a TV show from, from these books. And they, I don't know, they read like a combination, especially the first book, Punisher and James Bond. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I guess one of the things I really loved is, you know, there is no shortage of product endorsements through uh, <laughs> no. this book series. Uh, and if you have to go on a mission of vengeance, call on the Strike Force, strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. Get them in your tiny little tin pouches you can take anywhere on any of your missions. Uh, stick them in the back of your Toyota Land Cruiser whatever you got. And like I said, we're going to get into the Amazon Prime series, The Terminal List. A company always on the run A destiny Oh, it's the rising sun Welcome back. We are talking about the terminal list. Yeah, this was one of those that I was like, oh, I really want to go back and read the book series again. But I didn't have time. And I got to say, dude, like I I was on the fence about, you know, Chris Pratt, you know, if, yeah, that's, you know, could take on the serious edge that, you know, a James or Jack Reese, rather, you know, really. No, you're right. James Reese, Jack Carr is the author. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the names are too close together, so you get up like get them freaking confused. Yes, absolutely. And like you see Jack Carr in real life, he's like, yeah, he based his characters heavily on him and his friends. <laughs> There's real world analogs for almost everybody in this uh, in this series. But yeah, like you're saying, this is one that like. 
I mean, this is probably the darkest role I've seen, you know, yes. Chris Pratt take on. Like This was, this was one of those, like, Chris Pratt, even, I mean, he's done action movies, like fucking the Jurassic Park, uh, that Tomorrow War we talked about. But he there's always, like, a edge of comedy to, you know, even the action roles he does. And I was like, man, the especially this first book in the series, he's going down a very dark path. And I'm like, I don't know if... I've never seen Chris Pratt do that. And like, this is like, like nothing you've ever seen from Chris Pratt. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, nails it. this is full on. I'm a, you know, I'm here to stack bodies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, for all intent and purposes, like, you know, people familiar with Chris Pratt from, you know, his Marvel shit and everything else. Okay. Imagine Chris Pratt as the Punisher. <laughs> yeah. Or what if you only knew Chris, like, comedy Chris Pratt from, like, uh, Parks and Rec or whatever, and then you see this, you're like, holy fuck, is that the same guy? <laughs> so, I mean, major kudos to, you know. And it's kind of interesting, because I've been watching a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff, how Chris, how this even got made. Because, apparently, most writers, you're always like, huh, if this ever gets turned into a movie... Let's play the game. Who would play this character? And he was like, originally was like, I was like, Chris Pratt should play Jack Reese. That was like his first choice. And then one of his other SEAL buddies that had gotten gotten out and uh, was working kind of as a consultant, uh, stunt coordinator, you know, military consultant on all these movies, I mean, became real good friends with Chris Pratt. Had called him. And he's like, Hey, man, you know, you helped me when I was getting out of the service. Uh, here you're writing a book, you know, why don't you send me a copy? I'd love to read it you know, before it even came out. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, Hey, would you mind if I let my friend read it? And he's like, who's your friend? Chris Pratt. Cause this guy did like stuff on the tomorrow war and, and has worked with Chris Pratt in a bunch of movies. He's like, yeah, sure. And then like Chris Pratt immediately, like before the book was even released is like, I need to make this, this has to be a, a movie, a TV show, whatever. And like bought the, the whatever publishing rights or <laughs> like right then is like, so it's like, it's kind of like the, like the weird, like, destiny <laughs> just no, for randomly him i mean hold that, book. That, that just goes to prove it's not you know what you know it's who you know and even um you know it's kind of the co uh producer like the other guy who directed a couple episodes anton fuqua from training day so i mean you got pratt and you got anton fuqua it's like on paper like this was going to be badass. Like I was like, I'm, I'm hoping they're able to execute, but just from the people working on it, it's like, yeah, this, and even, I don't know a lot of stuff in Hollywood, like, Hey, you wrote this book. We're going to buy the rights to this book. And then the author has nothing else to do with the project whatsoever. But when they were writing the screenplay to adapt, you know, the book into, cause going from a, book medium to a visual medium, you have to make certain kind of changes for, for TV. You know, it, it, they brought Jack Carr in with the, you know, the, the writer's room and, and let him help with the kind of remaking this into something that can be a, a TV show. So he's like, was there helping out and like along the way. So it was like, it was kind of, you know, very, while it, there is changes and we'll discuss those later very close to the source material, at least in most aspects or at least in the feel of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we talked about, 
we're just going to go ahead and do a, a blowing smoke for the book series, you know. So we're, you know, talk more in, later on in this episode covering the book. But yeah, I mean, there there was enough difference there to where it was like, oh, I'm I'm not just able to predict everything that is currently or about to happen. Like yeah, certain only... major events, yes, you know, they, they follow suit, but... You know, there is a, you know, a shift. And that just kind of, you know, really kept me invested and on more so on the edge of my seat. And the other thing, too, like prior to Amazon releasing, you know, The Boys. Yeah, because you know, some... I'm, there's some seriously dark, fucked up, you know, material here. And I was like. Okay, well, the boys got seriously fucked up, so, you know... Um... <laughs> I mean, they went full, like, fucking Ant-Man in the butthole this last season. Yeah, because it was like... And, like, some of the death scenes in, in the uh, book are different, but, yeah, like, it, there's some stuff that I'm like, man, that, that shit's pretty bloody, pretty fucked up. Is someone going to be able to do this? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's Amazon, like... They do the boys. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. I'm... But if we, if we didn't have the boys, is there another series or something oh. that would say, oh, yeah, Amazon is not afraid to, you know, push this boundary mm. or, you know, take it to this edge? Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of, like, the Amazon original stuff because I, I haven't watched a lot of original programming on Amazon other than than the boys and then and this. So I can't think of anything else that it was, like, just that violent or <laughs> but yeah I was like yeah this is the same studio that does that where we don't uh you know have to worry about that <laughs> but yeah I mean I, I I don't know like I I I've enjoyed Chris Pratt as a you know actor I have a newfound appreciation for how well of an actor he truly is yeah and I I do like that it 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 was kind of true to the, I guess the warrior culture as well. Cause dudes where there's like so many, we, we joke about it, the books being like a lot of product placement that you would think Jack is like, you know, sponsored by people. Cause he likes to put in like, this is exactly the equipment this character is using. I'm rocking night force, you know? So, um... And I like that as a reader. Cause I'm be like, Ooh, what the fuck is this? Let me Google that. I might need one of those. Yeah, but then again, like you Google it and you're like, holy shit, that's a $5,000 optic. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> There's a scene where like, uh, the I looked at Chris Pratt's rifle and I'm like, I'm building a new rifle and I'm like, it's going to be my new like primary gun. So like, I want to put good shit on this and not like, you know, some of the cheaper stuff I have on some of my other guns. And I'm like, what's those optics he's running? And then they're like, oh, it's an aim point uh, micro and it's like six, $700. I'm like, okay, maybe I stick get a little bit better optic but not that optic because <laughs> i was like optic and magnifier is going to cost as much money as i got in the gun i'm like all right maybe not that, that high end yeah i don't know <laughs> now that i figured out i have double astigmatisms i really <laughs> want to try some of the prism optics though yeah but yeah the what i was getting at is like yeah it's like all the uh black rifle coffee like hats and shirts you see like peppered throughout this series and <laughs> and like you even like when it shows uh james reese's garage office just all the shit hanging on the wall like oh there's that gun company and I, I, like all these 
little things that you see that they're like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Uh, like, like I've, you know, I'm familiar with that company or this company. And like, yeah, even the freaking Tactic Squat shirt is in like a couple episodes, like different. You know, it's like, it was very true to like that kind of special operations uh, people. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but so much BRCC material out there. I, I was really surprised we didn't get a cameo from, you know, a Matt Best or, you know, Rocco <laughs> or, you know, somebody like. Uh, fucking Evan just show just randomly show up. Like, <laughs> Maybe in the uh, if they do another another series. That's the thing about this too. This there's no news whether or not we're in a season two, but this series only covers book one. There's five other books for them to pull material from if they are to you know, do future seasons of of this. And I say in, in the books, you know, it's each one's just like a little bit different. So it's not like five of this vengeance story we get. Like, you know, the, the terminal list story is fairly self-contained and then moves on to other shit that just equally is, is violent. <laughs> uh, give me my violence, my actions, my, you know, I don't know. Like, it was, I got finished with the terminal list, and this was, um, you know, before Back to Blood was announced, or, you know. Oh, In the Blood, the new book. Or In the Blood, yeah, that's it. Um. And I, I was like, there's got to be another book series. And, you know, that, that led me down to the Joe Ledger series. And, you know, a little bit more sci-fi at times, um, you know, because they, they're essentially, you know, the men in black in some regards. Just, yeah. you know. Yeah, I got I to gotta check that out because, yeah, because it's probably another year before I get another Jack Carr book. So as soon as I finish my... Uh... Uh, whatever Warfighter, the the book I'm currently reading, I'll, I'll have to check those out. But uh, yeah, absolutely, like well, nailed they, it. That and like before we get into like sp- specifics, the I also really appreciate the attention to detail. Like all the tactics and weapons handling looked very legit. Like uh, and you know the guy who plays uh, Boozer in the show, uh, he he is also the kind of the the uh what you call it the the military advisor that makes sure all the things are are right uh Jared Shaw which was that friend that gave Chris Pratt the uh the original terminal list book you know and he, like I said he's he he plays Boozer plus he's the uh one of the executive producers and also the the uh so there was a lot of actual seals in the production of this making sure all the tactics and weapon handling looked as real as possible. And I mean, that one, I mean, one scene where he gets ambushed and just, just runs up on the guy with the Glock and then does like a quick, like once he like confirms he's down, does like a quick mag change and shit. I'm like, Oh, another movie where people actually like reload and shit. I mean, prior to that, we had John wick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things that, you know, I was glad to see too, was, you know, actual, Somebody pointed out that movie, the um, Extraction, with uh, with a uh, fucking Hemsworth. They they are a lot of realistic gun handling in that movie as well. But yeah, it's it's kind of rare that you get Hollywood people that yeah. Know what normally the fuck everything doing. like I, I've been going through and watching you know Stranger Things, and I'm like, holy fuck, everything has unlimited ammo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I would expect that out of a Stranger Things. Like, if we got that same level of weapons handling in this, it would have killed it for me. I would have been like, <laughs> I 
I, I don't know. Stuff like that, I just can't get past. I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. That's like I was re-watching uh, The Hunt uh, the other night. Uh, it was on in the cigar shop. And I didn't notice the first time I watched it, but like the first guy who gets killed with like arrows and then they end up throwing two grenades at him, the grenades still had the pin in them. Somehow they magically exploded. But yeah, someone threw two grenades without ever pulling the pin. <laughs> I mean, and you can see it. They still have the fucking, uh, whatever, the spoon in the I'm like, those aren't going to blow up, but they still blew up because it was, you know, Hollywood magic. But yeah. Stuff like that is like, it's like, you know, I spent a lot of time in law enforcement, bad cop stuff in movies just like takes me out. I'm like, you would never fucking do that shit. <laughs> and like, and this one, like, there was really no moment where I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> uh, that's it. I'm calling it now. It's all bullshit. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's that song? It's all bullshit. But yeah, the... Kind of the opening uh, episode, which, you know, this one was directed by uh, uh, Fuqua. The ambush in in Syria with them in the, the tunnels and and setting off the bombs and stuff. That's a badass sequence. Like, I, it's... I said, they've, they've changed things, and uh, so we'll get more of that. But yeah, yeah, and that was the other thing. It was thing, well, like... very claustrophobic feeling. I'm like... I was like, oh, they, yeah. They, well, dude, I mean, you're, you know, that's very much, you know, CQB, like, hey, we're, you know, going into this, you know, freaking underground, you know. Plus, it's the book, uh, I'm not sure when the, the first one was uh, written, but we're not in Iraq anymore. We're, you know, we're not in Afghanistan anymore. So it's like a different, it's like, I think they're supposed to be in Syria. So, yeah, it's like to make it this be happening now, yeah, you got to kind of update the kind of the mission parameters because this was like the first one came out, you know, when we were still like heavy in Iraq and Afghanistan. So, yeah, by them kind of like giving it a kind of a different bad guy or, you know, a different mission. It, it Yeah, 2018, I think, is the when it first came out. It, it didn't make it feel like dated, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, dude, this is still like number one in military thrillers, espionage missions, <laughs> you know, like. And uh, his buddy too in this, uh, Ben Edwards, uh, former former SEAL, now CIA ground branch operative, played by another uh, favorite of ours, Taylor Kitsch. Uh, you may remember from a little movie called Battleship. <laughs> You sink my battleship. <laughs> yeah, I liked him as as the Ben Edwards character, which he's kind of like this cool, like, surfer spy. <laughs> he's just very much like, like, you know, when he shows up, he's like, all right, what do you want? Answers or blood, brother? Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, they're, they're my, my family, too. Let's, uh, let, you, know, you don't have to ask. Like, let's, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's do work. <laughs> and I gotta say this. Because um, you don't find out about the... Because basically, James Reese is a guy with nothing to lose. His whole team gets wiped out, and then his family gets murdered when he gets home. And then he finds out he has a brain tumor. So he's like, literally nothing left to lose. And he's like, if I have a limited time left on this earth, I'm going to find everyone 
responsible for my family and my friend's death and like take him off the list <laughs> quite literally. Cause he's like, you know, after his family dies, he finds this, uh, drawing his daughter did and uses the back of that to start writing, uh, target names on and <laughs> checking them off as he goes. But I do like, uh, I can't remember if it's in the first episode or the second episode where he takes his first, first guy, uh, but the way the show runs, you don't have his inner monologue. And that's kind of a complaint we get about a lot of like like Batman comic book movies is you're so used to reading that person's inner monologue and knowing their motivations, which there's a lot of flashbacks and they, they do a good job of kind of visually depicting the symptoms of his like brain tumor and like head trauma that he had with all these like hallucinations and like flashbacks and, and memories getting muddled where it's like, Oh, this guy was here. No, he wasn't. You, this is like two different memories that are overlapping each other. And you don't get the perspective from the bad guys until later on. So like the first episode or two, it's solely from James's point of view. And you know, he's suffering this kind of, mental issues. So for a while there, you're like, is this stuff really happening or is he fucking crazy? Cause like he gets the first kind of ambush. They try to kill him at the doctor's office when he's getting his like brain scanned. And when he goes to disarm the, uh, the, the hitman, they're carrying his gun. They've like, you know, they're trying to make it look like he committed suicide or something. So they kill these people with like his gun. And then when the cops like show up later, they're like, these bodies that, you know, people he supposedly killed in self-defense, there's no bodies, there's no evidence, there's no blood other than the doctors that were killed. Uh, but he has wounds that we can't account for. And, you know, and his family, uh, is dead. And so until he kind of gets the first guy off his list and he's like, even as he's like torturing the guy trying to get answers, cause he thinks this is the guy who attacked him in the, uh, in the doctor's office. And he does it cause he stabs him through the arm. So he's like, there's no wounds on his arm. And even he's like starting to doubt, like, is this real or not? And then the guy's finally like, Sal Ognew. Like, I just, I, I work for him. And it's like, oh shit, this, I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give him that, you know, no dude, you, you're good. It's, you know, there is some fucked up shit happening. It's both. You're a little crazy, but they are really out to get you. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, the, the way they kind of built that, stress level in that first mission uh, was really cool. Cause like I said, up until that point, you didn't get to see the other kind of aspects of the conspiracy. And you're like, is this all in his, his head until like, you know, the shit actually hits the fan and he's kind of like, Oh, well, fuck. I'm uh, not uh, imagining all this. <laughs> and technically that, was that? It's like phantom heartbeat. I don't know, dude. <laughs> What's ticking? Whoa. <laughs> I think something like. Okay, it's not my phone. <laughs> Are you tapping your foot? <laughs> Negative. 
I, it's crazy. There's a weird noise that we can't describe. Are we are we on somebody's target package? I don't hear it like outside. It's definitely something in the. <laughs> so if you hear a tapping, it's I don't know, some kind of ghost. Uh, but then the uh, yeah the. Uh, This is creepy. There's the friggin' dogs under the <laughs> under the shed scratching its ass. <laughs> it's like Is this in our head? Or is this in reality? <laughs> Fuck, we got brain tumors. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that was a, a thing, like, you know, I mean you know, go back to the days of Agent Orange and, you know, everything else, like, you know, the the government has always sorta unfortunately used military personnel as you know disposable you know test subjects yeah it's like and and that's what ends up happening with this is it's you know um uh, apparently like this big corporation which uh shit what's the what's the name of the damn company uh but yeah they're experiment they're basically making a it's supposed to be kind of a anti uh PTSD uh drug. I think they capstone industries. Capstone industries. Yeah, they're trying to sell this uh this um uh, anti PTSD drug and kind of rushed it into human trials and it gave all these seals cancer. So they're like, "Ah, we better and they're trying to actually sell the division of the company so they're like we need to erase all evidence of our our fuck up which means these 12 seals uh before and then like you know the, as he digs the conspiracy just gets deeper and deeper where it's like sec defs involved like all these people in the corporation is involved the you know his seal commanders the like the admiral the uh his jag officer uh howard and uh commander what was it boxer or whatever uh like everyone's involved and it's all the way up to the Pentagon. And as he just keeps, it's always interesting when you lose power during a recording <laughs> or did we, do, are we having the, I, uh, yeah, James I Reese, mean, uh, moment starting to wonder. I mean, I was thinking some pretty dark thoughts, uh, <laughs> you know, there for a moment on, Hmm, you know, conveniently, we just had this pandemic for a couple of years with all these pharmaceutical companies, <laughs> and that's probably mm. yeah. It's like as this goes on, like the more and like plausible this whole story becomes, where it's like, yeah, this is fucking weird. And we've got a lot, like a a few new characters that uh, are have been created just for the uh, the TV series. Uh, Mayan star J.D. Pardo as Tony Leun, the FBI special agent and head of the Fugitive Task Force. That's like hunting Reese once it kind of becomes uh, uh, apparent that, you know, he is doing these things. And that's kind of a... Because I guess, you you know, in the books, it's mostly from his perspective. So I'm assuming someone was trying to... uh, 
hunt him, but <laughs> they never really show that. So, yeah, that whole kind of his, like, quest to uh, stop Reese, it gave him a uh, kind of an interesting, like, counter. Well, and I don't even know, like, so much that it was necessarily to stop more so than it was... Let's get to the fucking truth of the matter. Yeah. Like, you know, because, I mean... Because ultimately he... You know, this was some... Let's him go. Once, like, all the kind of... Because, you know, he ends up you know, tracking down Katie, the uh, the reporter that's helping Reese gather intel and also trying to write his story. Like, so he's, like, fully aware that, like, of what she's finding and that, like, oh, there's... He has a reason for doing this. He's not just some guy who went nuts, like these people legitimately fucked him over and killed his family. I, I'm still, you know, law enforcement. I can't let him kill all these people. So I'm like, you know, required by, you know, duty or whatnot to, to stop him. But I understand him a little bit. And ultimately when you get like the climax of the show, he finally gets him and he's like, ah, he's, he's completed his list. Like, and I know he's probably dying. Like just, I saw nothing going about your business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> live the rest of your uh, uh, your life uh, doing whatever. Yeah, I, I I don't know what was the climax of the show. Like every episode was a climax. <laughs> like, well, maybe not the climax, the completion when yeah. he when he finishes checking everything off his list. Uh. And I love the, uh, the, cause we spoke how cool the, the action sequences were in this, the Sicario raid where he finds out the people who killed, like the first person, once he gets back, uh, he finds out Boozer killed himself and supposedly he shot himself with his nine millimeter duty pistol. And he's like, no way Boozer hated the fucking nine millimeter. If he was going to kill himself, he'd kill himself with a, with a freaking 1911 and then he finds out that uh, the same, um, whatever, J- uh, not J- uh, NCIS agent was supposedly first on scene at his suicide and also first on scene at the shootout at the doctor's office. There's like, he's like, I called 911. I did not call NCIS. There's no way this guy should be the first responder for both calls. And that kind of starts him on the, that and the fact that they got his gun out of his safe to like do these murders. And he's like, yeah, and found that this guy had also like kind of pulled his biometric data like before the murders, uh, before you know, the investigation had even started. No, they skimmed my fingerprints. They came into my garage, opened my safe, murdered my family with my weapons. Like, sure they did, bud. Yeah. Sure they did. But yeah, that's like, you know, what kind of starts it down the path, but. Once you get to, uh, they find out the people that, like I said, that this NCIS agent killed Boozer, but uh, when they find out that um, basically it was like hired hitman, like uh, some like Sicario Mexican gangsters that are the ones that actually killed his family, and him and Ben go down to uh, Mexico uh, to uh, take care of these guys. That's probably one of the best fucking action sequences. That whole like Sicario shootout with them, just them and then two of uh, basically these security guys that work for. Uh, his buddy who's like a rich uh, Mexican businessman or something. And he's like, no, no, I'll help you with this because these guys are bad for business in the area. So it, these guys, you know, 
getting taken off the map will be better for the community. So let me send my two uh, two bodyguards in to help y'all out. An enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> but yeah, when he goes in there and just um, they start like and Ben with the freaking Beretta shotgun, I was like, oh, freaking! I, I, I love watching a, a shotgun fight and and how the him and the one guys are like going through the building. And Ben's just running down the outside of the building. Every time one of those guys like tries to bug out, he's just outside like killing them all as they run out of the building. And then he gets the whole like gutting the dude with the fucking Winkler tomahawk. That like I was like, oh, I wanted one of these tomahawks before. Like I really want one now because that's just <laughs> badass. I mean, like seeing it depicted in the show was oh. not near as like it's pulling the dudes a test out and pinning it to the wall and going walk. I mean that's like pretty much like his like almost peak level darkness where you're like oh shit cuz I mean cuz they're like you're a sniper like we could snipe these guys quite easily. He's like no, these are the people who killed my family. They need to know it's me coming for them. Like he's could have been like way easier. Let's like, you know, take them out from a you know fucking 1000 yards uh, away, but no, there's like no, this this one they're all personal, but this one is very personal. They need to <laughs> need to know what what's about to happen to them <laughs> and who's doing it. Yeah, that was probably like one of the craziest scenes watching, you know, the dude like, "Oh yeah, you've you've been disemboweled, but um here, let me help you with that." And <laughs> yeah. And uh like, his... I was trying to envision like would that even work? Like would you even be able to stand to walk in that? I have no idea cuz the the amount of pain he would have to be in at that point would just be freaking ungodly and his uh friend liz who's the uh former uh helicopter pilot that him and his team uh kind of went off uh went rogue and helped like rescue her because they were like oh no qrf's in route 20 minutes y'all don't need and like she'll be dead in 20 minutes and they're like like you're ordered back to base and he's like uh comps and they're like in this freaking van in like iraq or whatever and uh, homeboys in the back is like, dude, I gotta shit. Do not shit your pants, Donnie. <laughs> but he was showing like the flashback of that whole them rescuing her and the reason, kind of uh, uh oh yeah, Liz Riley played by Tyner uh, Rushing. You know, that that sequence was uh was pretty badass. And then they also add into because he's telling the story, and then uh, you see it's another one of his like where he's getting memories mixed, and she's like. What the fuck are you talking about? Donnie wasn't with you. Like Donnie was still in high school when you did that mission. That was like Rafe Hastings, which you, you never get to see race Rafe in this uh this show. You just kind of get a you know he dropped off a fifty cal in a boat for him uh, to to complete the final mission. But he's if we get more seasons, he's a much bigger character in the uh, the <laughs> the rest it's of the series. Time to go hunting. <laughs> yeah, that that was the thing. I because I. I you know, after reading five books and then watching the, like, I'm like, oh, this is, where's this character? Where? Oh, yeah, we haven't got that far yet into the story. <laughs> yeah. oh, that and when he's talking to his mother-in-law, too. I love that scene. Because uh, there's, at one point, it flashback with him before he goes to Mexico and before he kind of starts this mission, he goes to his wife's parents and, uh, and you know, the dad's talking about his new freaking mountain bike or whatever. And the mom's finally like, he's not here to talk about your bike. Why are you really here? And he's like, all right, you know, 
I would never have hurt my girls. Like we, we know that there's no question of that. He's like, yeah, but somebody did. And there's a lot of things that are going to come out that they say I have done because these people have to pay. And I just want y'all to know that like, you know, whatever they say about me is like, you know, and, and the mom's just like, you do what you have to do, son. <laughs> and I'm like, fucking granny's a gangster. She's like, yeah, go, uh, go wipe these motherfuckers off the, off the map. Yeah. You do what you got to do to avenge your family. Like, and then we also have, uh, Steve, Steve Horn, CEO and president of Capstone Industries played by Jai Courtney. Uh, if you're familiar with the Suicide Squad, he's you know, plays Captain Boomerang, and I love him as this like basically SEAL fanboy corporate douchebag, like wannabe dude, where he's like he plays that character so well, where he's like thinks he's a badass, and then later on when Reese comes for him and like blows up his truck, like he's turns into such a little bitch like you know, he's like his true like you, know, you see him training with like his like former opera because he also owns like basically a mercenary group called talos security that are like his hitman slash bodyguards and they're you know, you see him being like fake badass like, paying people to like be afraid of him. and then when like the shit really hits the fan you know they just like throw him a vest and a gun he's like all right man it's time to nut up fanboy <laughs> and he's like such like like immediately begging for his life and shit. And just like, I was like, I, I, I love that, uh, how he played that character. No, that was a very, very well done. I don't know. I mean, that was the thing, dude is, you know, a lot of the names and stuff I didn't recognize, but everybody, you know, pulled their weight. Like, you know, it was like, you know, Katie's character, for instance, you know, like the way she's described in the book and everything else. And then it's like, oh, they cast somebody that doesn't even remotely resemble, you know, the book description. But she had that she, same like tenacity. Yes, and, like, absolutely. Pitbull. She sold, you know, that role 100 percent like. Uh, and like and. Keeps like. In it, like, you know. I like when the, and speaking of Jack Carr, he goes to, you know, finally he has like a meeting with her in this restaurant and she at this point has discovered the, the brain tumor. And this is the first time she's telling Reese about the brain tumor. And she's starting to think that he's a little crazy. And he's like, did you see that guy? She's like, what guy? There's a fucking operator looking dude with glasses. Like we got to go. And she's like, come on Reese. This is like, you know, your paranoia is one of the symptoms of this thing. And he takes her out to her car. It's like, so we're running away just because you saw a guy with glasses. Like, oh, we're not running away. And like, just backs up, slams into the dude's car, and like, you know, murks the guy in the middle of the street because he starts shooting at them because he was a Talos, basically mercenary sent to kill Reese. And then he's like, looks, and he's like, still think I'm crazy when he comes back from the car with the, uh, <laughs> with the hit package on him. But the hitman that doesn't have a line and just gets like gunned down is Jack Carr. So, <laughs> so Jack Carr. Got to get, got to be killed by his uh, creation, James Reese. <laughs> but I just love that moment where he like comes back uh, and hands her like the the freaking intel package. He's like, ah, so you still think I'm crazy? <laughs> what is this, brother? It's a target package. Oh, yeah, and it's him and like all oh, the uh, 
him and uh, Ben just kind of just going through this this list. But yeah, the Katie character is is like I said, she's. That was one thing when they showed the, like the original casting. I'm like, ah, she doesn't look anything like. And um, I don't know. I guess it was more of like a romantic involvement in the books. But I also too, Not like that took the time to, you know, progress. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, his family's just been murdered. Like he's not, he's not trying to get past that yet. Like that comes much later in the book series. But yeah, there's, there's, I guess more of like a but mutual she, respect she, in, in, in this than. Yeah. I mean, from what I can remember in the books though, like there's a lot more, companionship like you know yeah. where katie's riding shotgun with reese and stuff and most of this she's like investigating this conspiracy on her own and they're just kind of yeah it's almost like a self-contained forth, uh... you know story within you know james's story but yeah once she gets like kind of copy of the like the financial proof from mike tedesco uh who's the <clears throat> ceo of new bellum which is the company that made the drug for capstone and they get ambushed by the uh, the the hitman, and she like freaking smokes the dude, and, and and Reese you know ends up saving her. But he's like, "Hey, you're you know nut up. You're you're a fucking war correspondent." She's like, "Yeah, but I've never been one doing the killing." He's like, "Well, you're on the battlefield now. Like, if you can't handle this, like, stay the fuck off the battlefield." And she doesn't let it go. She like confronts Horn and. You know, the only reason why he doesn't get blown up by Reese's bomb is because he sees her and kind of hesitates a little bit before he sets off the bomb to get to wait for her to like you know back the fuck up. But yeah, like she could have very easily been like, all right, this is getting way too you know. Even after like the first hitman tries to to kill her, she's like, nah, I'm gonna keep at this story. And then like the second hitman tries to kill her, and she's still like throughout the thing like you know pursuing the story. But I mean, most people though like. Dude, as soon as FBI or, you know, somebody shows up at your door, like, they're done. Like. Yeah, they're like, yeah, this may be too much of a, too much of a hassle. Like, <laughs> I'll like, be right about something else. So how's the weather today? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a, be a weatherman. They don't get shot at as much. <laughs> oh, and, you know, we've not talked about the, uh, sec def, which her kind of stories a lot different from in in that's one thing i and we'll kind of get deeper into that when we start talking about the book is the bad guys in the series are less i guess evil than they were in the books yeah like, in the in the books they were definitely a lot more like lorraine hartley uh um who is the uh the sec def in this um she legitimately wants to help people like she got involved in this because you know she came from a military family and knows how you know much you know special operators uh kind of give up uh played by G- uh gene Triplehorn. but yeah she's like wasn't even in it for the money like where everyone else in the conspiracy got like huge payoffs to do what they did and she was like no i just want this drug to work because it will save lives in the long run you know so like her motivations are so much more, and even uh, the character of Ben, he's in. You know, spoiler alert: you find out he's he's uh, you know part of it, but 
he's helping Reese take all these people out, not to like cover up his involvement, but he's like, yeah, I got your team killed because I knew they were dying and I thought it was better for them to go out with their boots on. And I had nothing to do with your family getting killed. And they were like my family as well. So I'm along for the ride. I'm going to help you. Even though I'm part of this, I'm going to help you kill all these motherfuckers because they took your family is, which is a lot different than how, like I said, they gave the bad guys more, made you a little more empathetic for the, with the exception of the fucking Admiral, because he was a dick through the whole thing. But, <laughs> but like the big, like, you know, like I said, Ben and, uh, and the, uh, sec def gave them a little more kind of, I guess, like character than they had in like the, the book iterations of them where it was like, huh, like I actually kind of, it, it made it a little more, it wasn't just like, clear cut black and white like yeah yeah there was definitely people. some gray you know area that's like you know which was like i said they it kind of gave them a little more like fleshed out the characters more and, and also like changed it enough that even though i'm very familiar with this book it was like i'm not 100 percent sure where this story is going yeah. <laughs> like there were so many good subplots like that that you know just it brought a freshness, you know, to, you know, I, I'm sticking with, you know, the television series because I want to see how everything plays out. Whereas if they followed the book one-to-one, I think it'd be like, oh, called it. That looked cool. But, you know, <laughs> would you been as invested? Like, Yeah, because things happen kind of, a lot of the big kills happen, but they happen to different people or in different orders that they do in in the book. And even, like, the uh, kind of last one where he figures out the sec def's involved and goes to, like, take her out on her private island, she's actually there trying to, like, convince Katie that, like, this was all done for the greater good and she's not, you know, in this to make a huge profit, trying to convince her that, like, oh, I had nothing to do with this, like, and she's like, oh, really, you know, and, and I like Katie's, like, going along, like, oh, yeah, yeah, because, you know, she wrote her story and tried to turn it in. And like, you know, of course they suck that shit out of the internet before it could get to its destination. And then like, Hey, you can print your story as uh like we're, you're coming with us, but we're gonna make it look like it's your idea. Like you can print your story as is, but if you come with me, you'll get the whole story. And she's like, all right. And very much like a prisoner, but not, you know, trying to make it look like she's not a prisoner. And she's just getting like all this, you know, her side of the story. And then finds like, so you, you said that, you know, you knew nothing about this prior to the, uh, the fucking ambush. Well, cool. Cause this is where the, uh, the audio went out. You were already aware that, you know, just like fucking this list. Like here's all the times you fucking lied to me, bitch. <laughs> you know, like, it's very checker, friendly until then. You know, <laughs> actually, you know, checking facts, like, uh, you know, that is true journalism. And I don't think that exists today. Yeah, you don't see that very often. <laughs> well, that's because it gets sucked out before, you know, the true <laughs> yeah, message can get, you there know. There are KDs in the world, but all their shit's getting hacked. Oh. Yeah, and that sequence of him going into the, the sec def's uh, island and, like, murking all those uh, security guys. And even, you know, another kill with, with the hatchet. That's just because you're like, can one man really, like, cause this much <laughs> shit? Oh. Uh, but yeah, that that sequence was was fucking awesome, and you know to go back to the uh, Tony Leyun, 
there's one episode that's almost like completely, like I said, this is a character added for the TV series. After he kills Horn, he ends up getting his vehicle disabled and they pursue him up into the mountains. And we get a whole episode that is not really anything that from the books of this, the HRT, which is a FBI, basically FBI SWAT team, their hostage rescue unit and Leun pursuing him through like the mountains and them getting to have like conversations via the radio. And uh, I, I love when they're pursuing him and he's trying to talk him down and he, he gets, cause he's a, a sniper. He gets him in position where he could have taken them all out, but he's like, no, these aren't guys of the conspiracy. These are like actual, you know, police officers. I can't cross that line and kill someone who doesn't deserve it. So he just leaves the single bullet on his ridge. So when they finally like catch up to him, he's like, they see the bullet and he's like, what does this mean? He's like, it means he had to shot asshole. <laughs> like <laughs> he could have killed us all. And he, he didn't. And they had my favorite line of the whole series where he's like, you know, it storms come in and he's like in his little hideout, uh, and starts talking to them on the, you know, they're trying to talk him down on the radio. And he's like, well, your dad was military. What would, uh, what would he say about what you're doing? He would say, it's unwise to push a man to violence. If a lot, if, Violence is what he spent a lifetime perfecting. <laughs> I was like, that's the most badass fucking line in this whole series. And I don't even remember if that's from the book or not, but that fucking line was like badass. I'm trying to remember. I don't recall that in the book, but yeah. Cause the whole, like whatever HRT pursuit, like does not happen. That's like, that's like, so this whole episode is something just added, you know, for, Hey, um, this has been an action-packed, you know, series so far. Let's let's keep our foot on that throttle. Yeah, I mean the uh, the one guy on the HRT was like he was like a former SEAL, and he's like I actually served with Commander Reese, and like all right, well you need to stay behind because we got to know you'll you'll do it. That kind of happens in the books, but it's a SEAL team that has been is being sent out to after him, not this HRT team. But other than that, yeah, it's like a completely new thing and he's off his meds too because he like when he fled his vehicle he had to leave his meds behind and he's start he's starting to have a lot more you know kind of mental issues and you're getting a lot more like kind of like the back backstory of what he's going through but yet even though this was like kind of completely off of what was expected it i i, I like this kind of addition to the story oh yeah no i i i think with the changes things that were added some of the things that were omitted like I mean, everything made this just feel fresh. It stood on its own, you know? Like, otherwise I almost felt like, you know, instead of, hey, maybe I'm not familiar with the books, but I'm going to watch this television series because it looks cool. Like, you know, like for people that then go back and read the books later on, they're going to be like, oh, shit. Like, and, uh, you know, it's not a, you know, like they're trying to compete with one another. And anyone who wants to know a little more about the behind the scenes, if you go to YouTube uh, on Jack Carr's uh, YouTube channel, he did a a podcast, video podcast with him, uh, Jared Shaw, and the uh, the showrunner who I can't remember his name right now, uh, where they broke down like each episode. So it's like an, it's like eight episodes where they do like an hour long video podcast, kind of breaking down each episode. And, uh, and a little bit about the like the filming and and whatnot behind it. So that's a uh, it's kind of an interesting watch if you want to go uh, uh, check that out. Uh, that's where I learned that apparently you can't flip a, a Mercedes G wagon because <laughs> there's a scene in the 
in the show where one of the conspirators, business guys that uh, he's the one that you know, hired the Sicarios, he snipes him uh, while he's like on his morning commute, and this car just like rolls down the, the the side of the mountain, trying to make it look like a like a car accident or whatnot, and. In the books, the guy drives a Mercedes G-Wagon, but apparently when they went to film this, they found that you they won't roll. If they tip over, they just, like, tip over on their side and slide. They don't freaking roll end over end like... Well, they're they not rounded. <laughs> they're, they're a freaking box. Yeah, so the character got to drive, like, some kind of Porsche uh, freaking SUV. But yeah, I thought that was one of the things they talk about. That in the scene, there's a scene um, where when he's torturing the... the uh, questioning the NCIS agent it he turns around and suddenly he's like back in Iraq or wherever talking to Boozer about while they're interrogating some uh some suspect and then it turns back around to him back in the apartment bedroom but apparently that's all the same set like literally as the he turns and the camera pans back to Boozer the set changes around they're like he's like yeah like Chris like ran off set changed clothes and ran back in before the camera turns back around to him and all of a sudden we're like in Iraq. So it was like the way that it made it like that the bedroom and Iraq is the same location. It's like you said like the walls turned and shit. Jared Shaw was like I was in the scene and I can't tell you how that shit was made. It was it was fucking weird. It was like some transformer shit. Walls started spinning and <laughs> so it's like literally the same room for both scenes. In the kind of like one circular camera shot. I was like that's cool as shit. Like I expected that. I thought, you know, that was two different things filmed like separately. But no, it was all like one kind of continuous <laughs> scene. The sets rotate, the cameras rotate, like, you know, freaking Chris Pratt doing his like, you know, magic mic impression, stripping off and changing clothes. Like <laughs> before the camera gets back to him, I was like, like dude, you got bulk as shit. No, I'm wearing like five layers of clothes so I can do a 10 second <laughs> wardrobe change. So do you have any, uh, favorite uh kills or or uh any any of your highlights I've, I've talked a lot about what i the things that i i found fascinating i don't know for me like i don't know him and you know some of the shootouts with you know the fbi and stuff like that like you know like i love the car chases the you know the gun play and you know when they're like uh we had to get got him. It's like they approach the vehicle. It's like, nope. There's a couple splatters of blood, but uh, there's no Jame Reese. Like you know, um, every scene involving the fucking tomahawk. Like, yeah. One of these days when I have an extra eight hundred dollars, I'll, I'll get one of those damn tomahawks. <laughs> I mean, you know, I like seeing it in the show was one thing, but you know how vividly everything is described and intimately in the books and everything. But just being able to see that, you know, acted out on, you know, a television series, I'm like, that just added a whole, you know, another level of awesomeness. Um, I don't know, some of the sniping sequences, too. Like, I, I always appreciate, you know, a fucking long range, because it's a skill set that I don't necessarily possess. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, you know, somebody that can mathematically calculate, that can lead the targets and, you know, take their mark. Like, I love that shit. And even when the camera shows, like, what you see down the scope, the rectangles even look, like, fairly correct. A lot of the time in Hollywood, it's just, like, a crosshairs. Anyone who's, like, looked through an actual, like, tactical 
scope. They look a lot different. They're not just like the little fucking like crosshairs. No, because you so, got to have your elevation, your windage. <laughs> yeah, there's like, all kind of shit in that little like heads up uh, when you're looking to it. That's uh, there's a lot of math that goes into you know being able to calculate out your dope charts and everything else. Like, I, I see. I want simplicity. I just want a dot and to know that the bullet's going <laughs> to impact the dot. It doesn't work that way at you know seven eight hundred yards. No. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm definitely more of a pistol and uh, carbine guy than like that whole like shooting motherfucker from a mile away. It's like that's a skill I want to learn, but yeah, that's definitely a whole different uh <laughs> skill set than uh than running and gunning. But I I don't know, dude. Like I had high hopes and they were exceeded with the series. Oh, and when he kills the the admiral and uh and uh uh, Captain uh, Captain Morgan, Captain Howard, and goes back to his house where he's like almost like, ah, this is this is done, and then he gets the text from Katie going like, Sec Def is involved, and but a freaking uh, because at this point the government's gotten involved and and taken the FBI off the case, but he's like, well, until the until the, the whatever F you know the other field office gets here to take over, I'm gonna keep watching the house, and and Leun goes in there and finally gets to meet Reese face to face, and they have that that fucking fight. And he's still like, he's like, you know, tries to talk him down. And he's like, you know, he's like, the people that do this are not going to fucking jail. And then he like knocks him out. And he's like, for the last time, stay, stay off, off my list. list. I was like, fucking yeah. <laughs> but that was a badass little like, you know, fight in the house. A little, you know, hand to hand action. Like, or him when he goes to, uh, to, uh, get, uh, whatever, uh, I don't know, dude, when, you know, the fucking you the know. commander when he like finds him outside the bar and he's like so what are we gonna do and he gives him that shot and it just turns into like a fucking MMA fight he doesn't use smoke him there in the parking lot and he turns into like a little MMA fight and he like you know snaps his arm and shit like ah all right cool we got a little jujitsu in uh in this and then takes him out to the the surf where like the seals train and put the four hundred pound log that usually it's an entire hold squad the weight of, squad yeah. of guys trying to hold it up but I love that whole speech that you know. The the difference here is, you know, I had a team surrounding me, a brothers. Where's your team and your brothers? Cox, uh, Commander Cox. Yeah. I, I'm going to call him Bob. Yeah, Bill Cox. Uh, yeah, uh, played by LaMonica Garrett. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, you, because we all had our men on our uh, left and the right, you know, all mine are dead, and you know, you're, you don't have anyone to, to share the weight. And the dude also had, like, a broken arm at the time. <laughs> Because he fucking armbarred his ass <laughs> and just let the fucking, you know, surf take him. And then, you know, makes uh, Captain Howard wear the uh, the suicide vest. Well, and I, I really like that sequence, too, you know, where he's like, fine, you took my family. Unfortunately, you know, I'm going to take yours, you know. And he starts dragging the sun, like, you know, to the ocean. And, <laughs> you know, I'm like, like, that, that there, like... Yeah, because he gets may more have been, you violent know, as he progressively as it as it goes. Whether it's like you know, like that may have been one of the darkest moments. Like yeah. you know, I you're about to take you know this innocent woman and you know kid, you know essentially, like, but but that whole you know, all right, so you're gonna wear the vest, you're gonna go in, you know, like I I really like that sequence too where you know. 
And, uh, uh, you know, where he's talking about, you know, exactly how many pellets, you know, are going to be emitted yeah. from, you know, hundred for each, uh, and he's seal like, you killed. <laughs> and, and now there's two. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, for any like, you know, kind of old meme and video game fans, the Leroy Jenkins moment in the FBI chase that made me laugh so damn hard. Cause he has, you know, when he's getting, He's injured, he's trying to get some supplies, and he does the whole, like, Rambo thing where he buries himself in the freaking mud where you just see the eyes sticking up out of the mud as, as, and turns on his cell phone, so they because he's, you know, he, he knows they got, you know, fucking satellites and everything else. So, like, oh, we're tracking a cell signal. And he sets up the, the cell phone and lures the, the, the team in, and they're like, don't touch it, it's, it's, it might be a bomb. So, then all of a sudden the phone kicks on and, and it plays that like famous uh, freaking audio clip like Leroy Jenkins <laughs> and he sets off the fucking flashbang and takes like a a fucking gear bag off of one of the guys and <laughs> but when the fucking Leroy Jenkins goes off I laughed my ass off I'm like that's fucking hilarious for every Call of Duty player ever because we've all had that moment <laughs> we're like fuck it we're going Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Wait, did he just go? Ah, oh, he's dead. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that <laughs> that was funny. And when he goes like once, like they, you think it's all done. He's just, it, you know, because Katie had a list of like, here's all the shell companies that took payouts, and here's who owned the shell companies. There was one that they didn't have. And they assumed it was the sec def. But when she was like, I didn't take any money of this. I just, you know, wanted to do this out of the, you know, because I thought it would be good for people. Katie's still like, there's still a threat. I haven't, we haven't explained who owns this company. And she's like, the best I can tell, it's a company related to the CIA. And he picked up when Ben gave him the list, he left that like company off the list. And he realized it was, you know, Ben was involved in this. And he also, because that by that point Ben was also wanted, so he's like he knew Ben's bug out location and tracks him down to like Peru or whatever on his his freaking fishing boat, and uh, they have that moment you know, where he kills them and then sails off into the sunset, and you see his charts, and his chart says uh, Mozambique, which in the second book that's where he goes after he wipes everybody off the terminal list. He goes and planning to spend his last days hanging out on his buddy's hunting preserve in, in uh, <laughs> Mozambique. So you're like, ooh. Like, they, like they set up... Dude, yeah. They, they set up True Believer. Like, it's like if we get a second season, it's like, it, we're we're on for, uh, for uh, Africa. Well, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, I feel like there's going to have to be, like... I knew he knew something dude, was this up is a, this, You know... 4.7 stars, you know, even, you know, 8, 8 out of 10, you know, on IMDb. Yeah, I think you know, it was like the most watched show on Amazon. And also, the if you look at like Rotten Tomatoes, you see like real critics versus like, it's like 40% from critics, 95, 97% from like viewers. So it's like, yeah, fuck, you know, fuck the Hollywood uh, reviewers and shit, like the actual people who watch this is like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got, it's got to get a second season, but I haven't heard anything about production. They're kind of like, let's let this get out and then we'll see if we're going to get another season. But it's had such like high reviews that it's like, it's, 
don't know how long it's going to take him to give us another season, but it's definitely, I would say, going to get, uh, you know, got to gotta wait for Pratt to do a couple more Guardians of the Galaxy before he has time to <laughs> do another one. Hopefully we'll get a second season of, you know. We finally get to meet Ray Hastings, <laughs> which yeah. I, I love that character in the books. But, yeah, that's the other thing, dude, before, before he, like, you know, reveals that he realized that uh ben is in it you see him like when they go to pick up the boat and the rifle that rafe left for them for the final mission there's a note from rafe and he's like if this survives you know where to go and if ben is like so what uh what rafe say oh, i just said good luck and i'm like hmm he's not telling ben all the things he he knows something's kind of fucky <laughs> He's not letting him in on the full, yeah. <laughs> full plan. Great foreshadowing, yeah. very subtle but great. Yeah. Well, as we think we're, I know we had that power outage, but I think we're at it about an hour here. Uh, what do you think of the cigar? Dude, cigar was great. Like, um, you know, it it never backed off the spice. Like, I loved it in that regard. Yeah, I, I do like a spicy cigar, and it's not. And it's not overpowering. Like, I mean, it's it's there. But I mean, it's there were the, other flavors and nuances that I picked up that, you know. And it's in the 11-ish dollar range of cigars. So it's it's not one that's going to be super expensive if you just want to, you know, give it a try. And, you know, like I said, it's... And even if you don't have a retailer that you can find them online, if you don't have your local retailer doesn't stock them out, yeah, I recommend this one. I'd definitely probably have uh, a couple more of these. Um yeah, this is probably one of the more memorable crowned head cigars that I've smoked. Yeah, because about the only you know, I've had like the annual uh, Los Calaveras, but yeah, this is like only other I think crowned heads I I know that I've tried. Crown heads does a lot where they'll the cigars they release are under the name of the cigar, and they don't really have like the company branding on the box so unless you like look it up you're not 100 percent sure it's a crowned head cigar so probably smoked other crowns heads and just didn't yeah. <laughs> realize they were crown heads but this one is definitely yeah, i'll definitely go back to back to this i mean it's not a it's not a huge ring gauge of a cigar but still like we've been smoking on this for a little over an hour and i still got yeah two three inches left of cigar so it's as you definitely get your money's worth it's a good hour hour and a half smoke but for me is actually you know, kind of a little bit uh, <laughs> smaller than I normally. I'm like, if I ain't got two hours, ain't worth smoking. <laughs> That's when you know you smoke far too many cigars is when I can like gauge time where it's like, all right, I know I have an hour today. I need to get this cigar because this will, you know, I can smoke this in the window I have and not have to leave any behind. It's like, it's like I can, I can base my, I, like, I have right. an hour. I think I can smoke this 80 ring gauge. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I'm like, Oh, I, I only got this amount of time. I'm gonna grab this cigar. Cause this will fill that the amount of time available. <laughs> it's like, you know, looking at the sun and telling time I can, I was like, all right, I got this much cigar. I'll see you. Set in up a sundial, get a cigar dial. <laughs> yeah. But with that, we are going to check off the last name of our, uh, our terminal list, and uh, we'll move on to whatever's next. Let's drink a toast to the Admiral, and here's to the Captain Bold. And glory more for the Commodore when the deeds of might are told. 
They stand to the deck, to the battle's wreck, when the great shells roar and pound. And never they fear when the foe is near to lay their orders down. But off with your hats and three times three for every sailor's son. For the men below who fight the foe, the men behind the guns. Oh, the men behind the guns. Their hearts are pounding heavy when they swing the port once more. With never enough of the greenback stuff, they start for the leave ashore. And you'd think perhaps the blue blouse chaps had better close to wear. For the uniforms of officers could hardly be compared. Warriors bold with straps of gold that dazzle like the sun. Out shine the common sailor boys, the lads who serve the guns. Oh, the men behind the guns. And now it's time for blowing smoke. And we're back. It's time for some blowing smoke. And we're going to continue to talk about the terminal list for another 15, 20 minutes or so. As we discuss the the terminal list, the book, and the differences between the book and the, the TV series, if you've... And I gotta say, this is probably... I know a lot of people are like, oh, I read this book and it turned into a movie and it was different. But I don't watch a lot of... I don't read a lot of books that I've already seen the movie, with the exception of maybe... Uh, uh, Ready Player One is like the only book yeah. I read before the movie came out. So this is like the first time like I'm ever experiencing that like you know Harry Potter fan of like oh it's so different than the books. Whereas like it's the first thing I've like I read the book and then it got made into a movie other than uh, Ready Player One. Well, I, and for me I'm I'm almost that same person where I'll see something like dude I saw the Jurassic Park films before I even knew that there was you know a Jurassic Park novel. Yeah. And you yeah, know. I've done vice versa where I've like, you know, someone's oh, the book's like way different. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me read the book. But yeah, rarely do I get it the other way around. So I'm like, oh, this is, and even like I said, reading the book, like we said in the main segment, the show was different enough that it was like, oh, this is like new and interesting. And it was kind of weird because there's a lot of things like, all right, I remember this particular kill, but it happened to this other character or yep. happened differently. Like, and then there was, kills that they completely deleted there was the uh the uh terrorist uh, uh whatever uh, he was like a muslim cleric or whatever that you know was had a a uh, church here or what a mosque here in the u.s that was a cover for like people you know hiring terrorists and shit that it was the one that actually got his his uh team ambushed uh and so that that they took that completely out and in the uh books uh lorraine the Segdev, her husband was a big character too, and he died by the car bomb the way they killed Horn in the series. It was like, and even the gutting thing happened to Captain Howard. And I think it, instead of Howard uh, having the suicide vest, I believe it was Mike Tedesco in the book. Yeah, I think so too. So it was like, it was like, all right, all the, the things I'm remembering are happening, but they're out of order or they're out of order. Characters. And, you know, yes, absolutely. But, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, now that we've sort of had both experiences, would you want it to truly be a one-to-one? No, because then you'd, you'd get, like, a lot of things, like, you, like I said before, like, Hollywood's like, all right, we bought this book, now we're going to make our own thing about it, and it's, like, vastly different, where this was at least felt the same. 
even yes. though it was different, they were true to the kind of the feeling and theme of the book. Well, I think it was great too that you know, I mean, we're we're talking like I I don't know, dude. Like you know, I I keep seeing you know people trying to compare you know Chris Pratt to the Punisher, but it's like at, at the same time, like we know the Punisher, you know, from a comic standpoint, yeah. like. James Reese, like, dude, he he feels like a guy I could be sitting down at the cigar shop actually having a conversation with. Like, yeah, he's you much, know, he's much more it, real, and you yes. kind of understand his his motivations. Where it's he's not just like where the Punisher's like, let me kill all criminals. He's like, these specific people need to go. And in the like we said earlier, the whole like first episode or so where you're like you don't realize if this is actually happening or if he's crazy in the book he knew about the brain tumor before he ever left the field and you know he he there's a lot of like details like that that he found out way earlier in the book that he didn't find out for like a couple episodes in the series that you know like so kind of added to that like is he crazy or you know it, it, it added a lot more suspense yes and then also the, the, that was prime, very suspenseful. Yeah, <laughs> the show is primarily told from Reese's point of view. Where in the book you got more of, here's what's going on with the people in the conspiracy. So you got to like see a lot more of them plotting against him, and not that you. And also you got a lot more of uh, Reese's inner monologue, and then you knew kind of knew what he was thinking as this shit was was happening that they had to like tell in a more visual manner. So it's, it's like I said, you kind of, there was a lot more surprises, I guess in the series because you're kind of clued into what he's planning and what he's doing in the books that you're not in the series. So I, I think that definitely added some more suspense and they hold like the hallucinations and the flashbacks and stuff. Them showing that visually, I think was, was a really cool, uh, difference from the from the book yes absolutely i I, you know the book just goes into so much more you know detail and everything else like you know i'm not going to say that the characters that were introduced were just there to be kill fodder or something else like they you know i i felt like they had a place in the you know television series but you know in, in the books like their motivations were a lot more clear cut. It was black and white. These people were fucking like the sec def was very much more like a Nancy Pelosi, like just corrupt politician where in this, she was a little bit more like legitimately looks like she's trying to help Reese in her own kind of fucked up way. And you know, where in the book, she's much more of a just clear cut bad guy. And so, yeah, like, and even Ben, like, Ben, like the final in the book that's different from here is they kidnap uh, Katie and basically use her as a human shield. And the final people alive is the sec def horn. And now the revealed, the bad guy, Ben, who's like strapped a bomb to her. And, you know, and Reese goes in is like fucking solo and like Leroy Jenkins and ends up shooting him in the face. And they get that moment of where, you know, in the series, Katie's kind of a willing participant in that, you know, she kind of went there on her own accord. Uh, 
you know, and she's like, how did you know that he wouldn't set off the bomb? And he's just like, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like, I, I mean, like that was the thing, like, you know, in the, in the television series, it's almost like two different stories. Yeah. But, you know, in the book, like, they are pretty much, you know, like, ride or die. You know, as soon as Katie gets introduced, like, they're they're almost inseparable. Like, their stories are so interconnected and intertwined. Yeah, with this, it was much more Ben as his sidekick. Yes. And even the uh, Sarcario raid, he pretty much did that solo, except for uh, uh, the security guards coming in, like, at the very end. Like, Ben wasn't even there for that in the book. And like I said, he's more of a clear-cut bad guy. Where at the end, when it reveals that he's part of the conspiracy, he's basically been using giving Reese intel to take out his other co-conspirators, so they would have a bigger kind of, you know, less people in the conspiracy. The the more money I get, and also the less people that can reveal the truth. The truth, uh, and you know, used him to kind of uh, three yeah. people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Yeah. So he's like, so that whole scene with like him and and uh Reese on the boat where he's like confesses like yeah you know I I did this you know because they they killed your family and I wasn't so like that's why I helped you kill these people you know I was just took out these guys because I thought y'all deserved a hero's death you know it was much more like kind of empathetic than he was in the book you know like everyone is very much more of a clear-cut bad guy where they were a little more kind of fleshed out and and empathetic in in the series, which I, I kind of like that in some regards, like, you know, like, it's like, give me a bad person that I don't necessarily just hate and say, Hey, yeah, kill them. Like, you know, give them a level of depth to be like, all right. You know, like, like the television series of Hartley where it's like, You know, you can almost go either way. Like, you know, did you make a bad judgment call? Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you deserve to die for it? I'm not sure. But in the book, it's like, fuck Hartley. Yeah, because, yeah, like, her husband's also, like, he's like a, you know, trader or, like, you know, like, you know, financial guy. And he's kind of the one that, like, I guess connected her with Capstone Industries and stuff. And, like I said, he's, like, a much bigger kind of part of all this which he doesn't even exist in in the the TV series. And then the also the uh like the final like I said once he rescues Katie like uh, Liz shows up and there's like an airstrip on this island and he gets her to the plane and then like Beaner's off on his own and Rafe had left. Rafe is the one who actually sailed him out to the island and then left another boat for him with supplies cuz his plan is like, you know, well, I'm, I know I'm dying. I'm going to sail toward Africa. If I die on the way, then so be it. If I get it to Africa, I got friends in Africa. But then the book in like, I don't even know if he ever like went through the, the, I mean, he went through the brain scan, but then the doctors got killed. Like in the book, he actually saw the doctors and got like a biopsy. And like the final thing is he's sailing off in the sunset prepared to die is like FBI finds his like, you're going through his house and there's like a voicemail from the doctor going, Oh yeah, this is fully operate. You know, we can operate this. You, you'll, you've got like, you know, a 95% high... survival rate. Yeah. Like... So, but the, they don't do that in the show. So like, so you have no idea whether or not he's going <laughs> to live or die when he sails off into the sunset at the end of the show. So I'm like, Hmm. I mean, well, I guess if they end it, they end it. But if, you know, if not, then I guess they'll, 
they'll uh, make that uh, reveal <laughs> in the next uh, next series. I don't. I I I definitely want to see like you know him on the hunting you know preserve and everything else like with Wraith like. Yeah, some of the, I mean the the other books just beg to be turned into fucking movies after seeing how good a job they did of of uh, translating uh, this one. Then the book, the ambush outside of the uh, the restaurant, that was like a basically like a terrorist like sleep. They they took out the whole because in the books the ambush happens in uh, Iraq or Afghanistan, and the QRF force that comes to rescue them they also get killed. So there's like a lot higher body count in the ambush. Where in this one it's Syria and it's just his team that gets uh that gets killed, and then they also have like you know a terrorist group that's involved in it that they kind of use to take out his team, and they kind of like took out that whole you know terrorist subplot from from the book and kind of like pared it pared it down. Like it was a much bigger conspiracy yeah. in the book than yeah. They did I mean in the, in you the know series. The, but I would expect that in a television series, you know that. Uh... You know, I mean, you've got budget constraints, you've got, you know, personnel constraints, like... And plus it's a different world in 2022 than it was in 2018. It's like, we're not really dealing with ISIS at this point. So it's like, to make it like, you know, freaking ISIS a big character in this would have been like, yeah, those motherfuckers are mostly dead now. So like, we got to kind of update our uh, <laughs> our bad guy uh, uh, cue here. Are they though? Are they? <laughs> Nah, man, Monkeypox is the big villain these days. Oh, okay. Hmm, which pharmaceutical are you with? <laughs> and the uh, the freaking Sicario monkey. <laughs> you see that story? No. <laughs> uh, some Sicario uh, got in a gunfight with Federales, and they and they killed this dude and his people. And then when they went to search his like compound, he had a pet monkey that he had like a full tack vest for. So there's a like gangstered out monkey that got killed in the shootout. He's like a little fucking one of those like a uh, fucking spider monkey, poochin monkeys like the little ones, but he's got like a hoodie and a full tack vest on. <laughs> and now he's become internet famous. He's like the next Arambe. They killed the poor uh, Sicario monkey. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. But yeah, I like the way they did the Sicario shootout. No wonder they're putting a pox upon us. <laughs> yeah, cuz in the book it's like it's like a hotel, like an apartment building, and he's kind of like it's like fucking a video game. He's going like floor by floor, like Merkin dudes where the, the book shootout, it's, you know, this base and stuff, but, and he had, it wasn't just him fucking Leroy Jenkins and it, you know, going through solo. He had like a whole little four man team going in there and, and fucking people up, but which probably look, I don't know, made it, I guess a little more believable than him. Just like, you know, boss battling that shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there was a lot more squad tactics, you know, in the book than what we saw. I mean, I guess most of your squad tactics in this were just, you know, in the television series are truly just, at this point, you know, Reese and Ben. And even then, like, you, uh, in that ambush sequence, you know, at first he thinks it's, because uh, he's, like I said, getting this memory mix-up that it was the kind of local liaison guy that lost his shit and set off the IED when it turns out it was one of his team, Donnie cracked. And, and then once you find out like, Oh, they've all got brain tumors. It's like showing that like, cause you know, a couple of the team had headaches and then him having this like panic attack in the middle of battle, which 
probably wouldn't happen to like fucking veteran seals. It like ah, oh, so this is like yeah, these are symptoms of the fucking tumor tumors without you know them saying hey these guys got tumors. I thought that was kind of a cool way to to like reveal that because like otherwise you're like why is this dude losing his shit? <laughs> but yeah, I I don't you know. Television series is badass. The book series is badass. I don't know which one I recommend. You know more. I I would say maybe the books because there's more of them. Like <laughs> yeah. where the television series is going to be like, oh those episodes ended quickly, and yeah. I'm in limbo. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah. It's the books are so good, but then the series was so good that I can't say like I was disappointed by the series. It's like there's not a huge drop off between the book and the series. And they're so there's enough difference that if you've not read the books and you've only watched the series, I recommend reading the books because even though you know what happens in the series, you don't necessarily know what happens in the book because there's enough of a just different that it's, that it's a, it's kind of its own thing. Like that whole uh, with him getting pursued by the HRT, that episode that we said like was not in the book it's kind of similar to how how he finds out Ben's a bad guy in the book is at one point Ben's like if things get too hot I own this cabin in the woods you can hide out there and so he goes to that cabin fully expecting mercenaries to come try to kill him again he sets up this whole fucking ambush to take him out and then when they get there he recognizes uh, I think it was Freddie Strain he recognizes one of the seals like oh these aren't the mercenaries they've been sending after me. This is an actual like seal team seven or whatever. So I can't kill these guys. And he just kind of like leaving the bullet, uh, where he did with the, the FBI guys and bugs out. And he's like the only person who knew I was coming to this cabin was Ben. So the only way they could have showed up to take me out is if Ben is part of this. <laughs> so yeah, it was like, so that we didn't get that. We got a version of that in the book or in the series, but not that, that particular uh, fuckery. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I can't recommend both enough. Like, you know, I, I kind of lean more toward the books just because you get a lot more detail, a lot more... And I kind of want an 80s uh, Land Cruiser now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things badass. <laughs> All of a sudden, Land Cruisers have increased by like 50% on resale value. Oh, yeah. You look them up online. They're, those things are fucking expensive, even though they're like a 20-year-old uh, truck. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of all we got. Yeah, like I said, definitely check out the book series. Uh, Jack Carr, there's five of them. The newest one, uh, In the Blood, uh, just came out uh, a couple months ago. But, yeah, got True Believer, Devil's Hand. Uh, Savage Son? Yeah, Savage Son. That's That one's a good one, too. It's very much man-hunting man that's... Uh, <laughs> Got some, got some badass shit, uh, and like I said, each of them's kind of a little different than the last. Like I said, it's not just uh, him going Punisher. He's like, you know, basically like James Bond now <laughs> in the in the book series. Uh, well, that's all we got for you. In this, we'll be right back with some nerd news. Modern Musicology is a podcast covering topics on rock and pop, ranging mostly from the seventies, eighties, and nineties, with occasional excursions into the sixties and aughts even occasionally the 2010s. Anything is fair game. Classic rock, R&B, folk, punk, prog, rap, metal, and way more. With two Americans, one Brit, a ton of fun, and a healthy dose of cynicism. 
And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. So we just had a uh, little bit of a convention uh, go on called San Diego Comic Con that sort of precursors a convention that we look forward to annually here in Atlanta over Labor Day weekend called Dragon Con. Coming up soon. Yes. Um, but with San Diego Comic Con, we got a plethora of new trailers. So uh, with no further ado, um, let's jump into the Marvel side of things. So Marvel has apparently uh, announced its Phase 5 um, movie and TV lineup with, you know, titles, logos, release dates, all kinds of interesting things. Fucking Blade, uh, was it Multiverse something or another? <laughs> yes. The like, Marvels, yeah, like, not sure what all is TV series and what all is movies, but yeah, we've got like the next, what, five, six years of of Marvel. Uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. And I mean, we also, I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, phase six details for Fantastic Four, Avengers, The King Dynasty, and uh, Avengers Secret Wars, so... Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's not going to be a, you know, shortage. I mean, so we got Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, Guantanamania, um, you know, that's set to arrive in theaters, um, February 17th of 2023. Uh, we got Samuel L. Jackson and Secret Invasion, um, you know. What's the next, like the first next thing that's coming out post Thor. I think that's Ant-Man and Wasp, isn't it? Cause I, know, I saw the, well, the Wakanda forever, I think's November, but what was that November next year? Or was that this November? Uh, let's see here. I don't know. But yeah, I think Ant-Man and Wasp is the next like big theatrical, uh, thing we got on the, on the books. If not Wakanda forever. Because, hell, they both may be coming out this year. I don't... Uh, <laughs> I'm not looking at your notes. Uh, what? What's wrong with my notes? Nothing. I just can't see them from here. <laughs> why Why don't you open your eyes? Because this is your segment. You lead the way on this one, so okay. I'm not looking at the same thing. <laughs> so, I mean, October 21st, we should have, you know, um, Black Adam, but I think that's the DC Yeah, that's thing. the DC uh, side of things. Um... Wakanda Forever just says, I guess November 11th, um, if everything holds true and we don't have another, you know, pandemic or monkeypox outbreak or something crazy. Yeah, because I don't, I haven't seen uh, whatever any Disney, because whatever, Ms. Marvel just well, wrapped up on Disney so Plus. So on I Disney Plus, I mean, and on August 10th, we'll have I Am Groot, you know, their little animated, you know, dude, it looks cute as shit, okay? I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> Fuck. Like, this will be the one thing that turns Rachel into a, a Marvel fan. <laughs> yeah, theatrically, Black Panther is next on the on the docket. And then Craven the Hunter in January. And Ant-Man Wasp in February. Which, Craven the Hunter, if you're not familiar with that character, he's a traditionally a Spider-Man villain. But yeah, I don't know if they're going to do the... Kind of what the, uh, the Sony Marvel use has been doing, where they keep turning villains into, like, anti-heroes, so... I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either, you know. Um, 
we'll just see how that all plays out. But yeah, definitely we'll link to all the five phase, you know, details of what's on the haps with uh with Marvel. Um So we did get our, you know, trailers, um, are some teasers in some instances for, you know, some of these. So we got Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Dude, that like the Black Panther stuff always just like I, you you had made a mention that did we just cross into Avatar? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can't remember what the name of those fucking blue aliens are, but we've we've seen them before. But yeah, we've never seen like a bunch of them running around. It's like, it, yeah, they're coming up out of the water and shit. I'm like, is this the fucking uh, whatever Al- Avatar way of water trailer, or is this Wakanda Forever? <laughs> Even the little flying ships kind of look like some shit out of Avatar. <laughs> yes. Um. But fucking Blade. That's even though it's not Wesley Snipes, it's like yeah, we're getting another Blade movie, which is like the OG of the uh, Marvel universe. That was like the first Marvel movie, like it was Blade back in the day, before we even heard of a MCU. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know how many years after you know it was, so I realized I was even based on a comic yeah. series. And I hope they do that because they they kind of teased it in the uh, the Moon Knight that they may do a uh, Midnight Suns, which is like Blade and Moon Knight and Ghost Rider and I think Wolverine was part of that at some point. It was like, yeah, all the fucking uh, uh, whatever kind of the magical like like creatures of of the Marvel universe doing a doing a team up like that would be badass if they do do that. Even if they do that as like a Disney Plus series at some point, I, I'd love to see. Blade and uh, Moon Knight uh, getting into some shit together. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that would be epic. Yeah, because we need Ghost Rider too back in the MCU. Those uh, Nicolas Cage movies were not uh, they were not the not greatest worthy of <laughs> the Ghost Rider, especially the second one. The second one was horrible. <laughs> uh, but those, those were those pre MCU Marvel movies. Ghost Rider with a modern Marvel budget. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think would be freaking killer. Because they did it on, they didn't do the uh, Johnny Blaze version of Ghost Rider, but they did uh, whatever, uh, Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we know they can do a do a Ghost Rider. I don't know which Ghost Rider we'll get in the uh, the uh, MCU proper, but, you know, they, they've, they've already played with Ghost Rider, so, like, bring them back. Let's do a whole, because I think even Midnight Suns had both Ghost Riders, uh, Johnny Blaze and uh, Robbie Reyes. At some point, so yeah, like fucking, let's do that shit. <laughs> Go kick Dracula in the balls. I would be okay with it. Because we know Moon Knight has fought Dracula in the comics, so perfect Blade team up there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dracula has nards. <laughs> um, and if you, because I don't think you've watched the Ms. Marvel yet. Uh, Apparently she's our first mutant. Like at the end of the Ms. Marvel series, her friend is like, "Hey, I was checking your family's like genetics and whatnot to see if any of them had powers, and you're the only one. You have some kind of mutation in your DNA." And it's like, "Dun dun dun! Did you say mutation?" <laughs> I mean, because we got like you know X Men in the um, whatever other Earths in the uh, multivulture madness. We got Professor X, so. I guess this may be the uh this may be the gateway that we've been looking Ms. for. Ms. Marvel is the link to getting uh you know X-Men in our universe. And hell they could like basically like be the like, reveal like the X-Men were here all along but Professor X has just been using his like psychic abilities to shield 
the X-Men. That's why no one else in the Marvel Universe realized they exist. <laughs> I mean, they, they've done enough fuckery that... Uh, or, you know, we got the... Whatever the sequel to the next Doctor Strange. It's like, all right, the, 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 there's been these things where, like, two worlds collide. You know, we could get, like, you know, different realities or even with the... Uh, whatever, the next chapter of Loki... You know, our Earth gets combined with some other Earths, and suddenly there's X-Men that we didn't know about. X-Men, X-Women, X-whatever. <laughs> X-gender neutrals. Yes. Wait, <laughs> wait, if they're X-gender neutral, does that mean... Hmm. Hmm. This is going to get complicated. We need Deadpool to explain it all. Yes. <laughs> Deadpool explains X-gender neutralification. Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> okay, how do we get them on board? <laughs> that that hurt my head a little bit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you deal, deal with the multiverse. Shit gets wheeled. Yeah, Weird. absolutely. Did we cover all things Marvel at this point? Uh, well, I we mean, we the... did get our teaser for I Am Groot, you know. And the first Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer. Uh Looks like Siri's going to be the new Black Panther, and and you know, like we said, they looks like they're fighting avatars. So yeah, I think we've uh, wrapped up all the new uh, Marvel news. So I am Groot. That will be premiering um, on August tenth on Disney Plus. Um, be sure to check it out. He poops out a leaf. <laughs> they they officially turned Groot into like. Supporting a colony of dung beetles. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, does poop. Speaking yeah. of head hurting, John Wick Chapter 4. That's a guy that can make <laughs> your head hurt. I think I'm back. <laughs> Dude, he looks back. Yeah, that, oh, uh, yeah. For the, the action sequences, uh, uh, oh, I've missed John Wick. <laughs> Speaking yes. of action stuff that yeah does uh yeah actually people reload and shit and now it looks like there's ninjas <laughs> well it kind of reminded me like um the last john wick film where they're in like that glass panel like yeah, server that... room error like that was a cool shot and you know i remember like dude that was so epic and i'm like okay we're back to the glass walls thing again and we like... know like Whatever, there's different continentals in different countries. Is this like the Tokyo continental that he's in? Because it, it looked like the, the the glass room, but definitely had a more samurai uh, vibe to it. <laughs> John Wick in Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Starring Vin Diesel. <laughs> and, and more dogs biting people in the nuts. We saw that in the trailer, so... <laughs> Dude, we're, we're getting all the highlights. Um, I'm always, you know, pay homage to uh, to the fur muscles out there. <laughs> as long as it's not my nuts being bitten. <laughs> yeah. Or really any part of me. Like, an angry dog is no joke. But yeah, uh, no joke. Uh, John Wick premieres March 24th, 2023. That's probably going to be in theaters everywhere. <laughs> I doubt Hells that's going to yeah. end up on uh, streaming service. No. <laughs> not for quite some time. Um, let's take it to our urban roots. All right. Something, uh, let's talk about our day jobs, specifically <laughs> our day shift. Uh, yes. This was one of the more, you know, sort of. Speaking of John Wick too, I think this is also made by the team that made John Wick. So probably has some cool action sequences. 
I mean, the trailer absolutely looks cool. It looks like a fucking riot. Yeah, it's Snoop Dogg and Jamie Foxx hunting vampires in L.A. <laughs> That's about all you need out of that. <laughs> well, if anything's going to drain the life out of you, it's going to be in L.A., so... <laughs> Uh, I mean, just the traffic alone, you know. Isn't there a band called Hollywood Vampires? I don't know. I, there's Hollywood Undead. Ah, uh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, Undead Vampires, same thing. No, dude, Undead, but like I, I'm considering that zombies. Like, nah, d- zombies are dead. They're just reanimated dead. Are they dead though? What version of zombies? Yeah. Which movie uh, are we watching? <laughs> it's like everyone has their own z- zombie lore. But yeah, it, it's kind of an action comedy from the people who brought you John Wick. <laughs> In the trailer, too, it's like from the people who taught John Wick how to shoot. <laughs> Featuring Snoop Dogg. The D-O-double-G. I need more Snoop Dogg in my life. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear he... Uh, bought uh he's bright he's bringing back the death row label is he yeah it's like uh because that thing went you know bankrupt and whatnot when uh old suge knight went to prison but yeah i've uh snoop dogg has uh reopened uh death row studios <laughs> good to know there's that if i could say is your pop filter hitting the mic i don't know what it is the last <laughs> time we had a major catastrophe on our hands. Uh, it's goddamn mutants. <laughs> I'm not saying it's mutants, but it's probably mutants. Vampires! Vampires! Yeah. Cause we're that talking invisible about guy from the boys? He's just over here, like, tapping his dick on the mic, and we can't see him. <laughs> but this looks like it's going to be, you know, a bit more of an action-packed, grotesque, you know, R-rated version of... Uh, bringing back granny titties. I remember yeah. a couple of years ago we said that was a thing where like there was naked old people in every movie coming out. Apparently that trend has not died. <laughs> um, what the hell movie was I trying to think of? <sighs> what happens in it? Can't remember. It was a zombie outbreak. It's like basically oh, uh... the office meets zombies. Uh, oh. Yeah, I can't remember what you're talking. It sounds familiar, but yeah, I can't remember a name of it either. Very, very British, you know. Yeah. Um, like Shaun of the Dead, or that's probably it. Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> this is like Shaun of the Dead, but you know, better action and uh, Grand I... Theft Auto vampires, San Andreas. <laughs> I think we could develop that into a mod. <laughs> I mean, they did the uh, Red Dead Redemption uh, zombie. Yeah, uh, Red Dead, you know, undead or something. Grand Theft uh, <laughs> Zombie Edition. I'm sure probably somebody has a mod that they've released. Like, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I was watching one where you know you're basically the cops with radar gun tracking down speeders <laughs> and stuff. Like, uh, kind of like that movie, uh, oh, the fucking uh, the damn Ryan Reynolds movie where he's like the video game character. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can't remember the name of that either, but yeah. Being like the, the fucking just NPC in the <laughs> Grand Theft Auto world we trying to write tickets. at the cigar shop. Because <laughs> I kept forgetting that, hey, there's a movie out that I want to see. Free Guy. Free Guy, that's it. Come to us at some point. <laughs> um, Speaking of free, let's talk about 3 and the trailer we got for Clerks 3. Kevin Smith is back. Doesn't look like I'm getting a donkey show this time, though. I'm Not gonna... yet. 
<laughs> Maybe that's for the the longer cut trailer. But yeah, it's like it's very meta because now it's like apparently Randall has a heart attack and realizes he's done nothing with his life, so he decides he wants to make a movie in the quick stop, a la Kevin Smith. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's like the making of Clerks by Clerks. <laughs> It'll be Jay and Silent Bob make a porno. <laughs> I mean. I mean, there was a video store. That... Let's see, Zach and Mary make a porno came out before OnlyFans. Now it's much easier. <laughs> Dude, it's a hard life, okay? I'm yeah. still at zero subscribers. Nope. <laughs> You're not getting a two today, buddy. <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> God, well, I'll go blind. For the life of me, I just, I, I don't know. I think there's a bomb that you planted. You've been like, you've delayed recording so much, I'm about to blow this bitch up. Just end the show with an explosion. Yeah. explosion. But they blew up. How'd it get uploaded? <laughs> Magic. With a kick. <laughs> with a boom. Boomstick? Yeah. I don't think we have an official release date yet, though, for Clerks 3. I think uh, we just got... Sometime this fall. Yeah, they were appearing on at San Diego, and I think, I think, you know, like Kevin's been doing, he's going to do some kind of, like, tour with it or whatever before it's <laughs> released everywhere. So we will see. Any other news, tidbits, anything you want to share with the folks at home? That's all I can think about. If you uh, want to check us out, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network at esonetwork.com we're on the youtubes uh facebook instagram twitter at cigar nerd pod uh pick up your shirts at real men smoke cigars.com also uh pick up your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com promo code cigar nerds and remember stay off my list and this has been a recording of the cigar nerd podcast we your hosts smoking joe and brad jackson join us next time for more adventures in nerddom This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.